and uh, I know who made me. Uh, I didn't come from some monkey or animal. I didn't crawl out of the ocean. Uh, I don't have an aimless life to just go around and, and by chance things. I know who's in control, and I'm thankful this morning that it is our Lord and Savior. Isn't he wonderful this morning? What a blessing it is to know our God and Savior. I'm going to try something this morning. Uh, I have preached this message once before. It's been a while, and uh, it's kind of been on my heart lately. And uh, the first time I did it, I did a little, I had that old antique projector of mine on the screen, and we kind of showed some pictures. So this morning, we're going to hope our new technology works. Um, I don't know, let's find out as I get started. And uh, you all just pay attention to the text here for a moment. Try to, as much as you can, distracted. Uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 23. We may get one of them working. That's all right. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 23. We got one. We'll take it. Amen. And uh, let me say I appreciate the help. Rex and Zach and different ones. I don't want to leave anybody out. has been working on this, trying to get it all together. And uh, we'll get the bugs worked out. But this morning, I want us to focus here just for a little bit on some things. Thankful that uh, Morgan and Cindy got to go on the trip to Israel. Um, I have talked to numerous people and they said if you ever get to go, things come alive so much more. And I think you can see evidence of that this morning. Uh, there's nothing like the presence of God. Uh, there's nothing or no one can touch that. It's beyond any description I know of anything. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 20. Is everybody there? The Bible says, and said unto them all. Notice it, it included everything. preached till December on that one verse. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my word, I thank you again for this day that you've given us, for the word, God, we have, Lord, from you. God, that you came and lived among us, Jesus, and you became flesh and you dwelled among us and you, we beheld your glory. And God, I thank you that you revealed yourself to us, that you proved your power and your glory and your perfection, God, one day. Lord, thank you for the crucifixion, for your sacrifice for us. Thank you, God, that you saved me and that you rose again the third day, Jesus. The crucifixion, the plan of salvation would be incomplete without that resurrection. I thank you that we're in the season of celebrating your resurrection, your crucifixion. Thank you, God, for your love and your mercy and your grace that you've shown us. And Lord, I pray that you uh, be with me today. You help me, give me the words I need to. And God, I pray this morning that you touch hearts. Holy Spirit, I'm yours. Use me as you see fit. God, I'm not anything without you. God, I thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' your name we pray. Amen. 
Now, I know some of you that heard this message before, I'm going to preach it a little bit different this morning. Um, you may remember somewhere as we get started, some of you are looking at that, you're wondering what in the world that is, and I'm going to explain it just in a minute. But I want you to just focus here just for a little bit and try to uh, put everything off of your mind. I need you to listen. I'm going to move quick. I know we got to dinner. I know people's thinking about that. I know all kinds of things are going through our mind, but please uh, try to give me just a few moments here. Um, now, anytime, pretty much all the time, we discussed this this morning in Sunday school class somewhat. Uh, I have not talked to Morgan since they got back from their trip until I got here this morning. I did not I briefly text uh, John yesterday to get somebody else, size him and Jimmy, standing up here in front of everybody singing some songs. I said, get us some people to sing, praise God. And uh, that was as far as it went. They sang two of the songs that I started to ask you to sing. I didn't ask him to sing anything. I said, God, you know what needs, needs to be played. You know what we need to sing. But pretty much any time we think about the cross that's mentioned, we always think of loss and pain and suffering. And truly, there was loss, pain, and suffering during the day of, of crucifixion. When we talk about taking up our cross, normally it's always a negative thought. We don't like to think of that. We don't want to lose anything uh, that is comfortable to us. Let me tell you something. If it's comfortable to your spirit and to God, it's uncomfortable most of the time to your flesh. Your flesh isn't going to like it. And so you've got to decide what's more important to you, your own will, your own ways, or God. We don't really like to think or talk about that too much. Uh, like Again, all that comes to mind, we think about the losses we've got to endure. Uh, we think about all the things we've got to suffer through or what have you. And our flesh, our mind has programmed us to think that any time it comes to serving God, all we think about is suffering, pain, and loss. Now, I do not hide the fact that if you're going to serve God, if you're going to follow God, you're going to suffer some. It's just the way it is. But I'm going to tell you something. I've learned in life that whether I serve God or not, I'm going to suffer. I mean, it's just the way life is. Life's unfair, folks. It's not fun sometimes. It's tough. Thank God I'd rather suffer for His cause than for my mistakes and sins and follies. We worry sometimes. We get too carried away. Reputation as a Christian. We'll be a fanatic or some out of touch or something. People make fun of us and probably they might do that. A good chance they will. Let me go and give you a news flash. People are going to make fun of you anyway. They're going to talk about you anyway whether you want to accept that or not. Do you think nobody talks about you? You're crazy. Guess what? They talk about me too. We're afraid we won't fit in somehow. That's a big thing with Christians. We want to be accepted. We talked about that this morning in Sunday school class. Uh, I keep looking at Morgan's acts and when it taught. Um, we talk about how we want to be accepted by people and by things, and, and, and I get that. Uh, and, and at times, let me say this. We know with the scripture, I just read or Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. It can get burdensome. Living a Christian life sometimes can carry Sometimes it's trying. But isn't that what Jesus did for us? I talked to Dale last night, probably for 45 minutes on the phone. That's probably the longest phone conversation I think we've ever had. But he was talking about how that 
Uh, he said the sovereignty of God helped him more than the grace of God through this. He said, knowing it was God's plan, God's will, and God is in control of everything. He said, does it hurt? Yes. He said, it hurts. But thank God the miracles that you can see in your life if you'll just trust God and take up your cross daily and follow Him with what He's telling you to do and trust in Him, believe in Him, put your faith in Him for daily life, not just when it's handy. We think too much about what people think. Why, why don't we ever think about what God thinks? Now I got a long introduction. I'm going to hit my points. Bang, 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 bang. So you need to pay attention. Bang, 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 bang here in a minute. Well, let me give you a different thought. What if we started thinking about the life that the cross gave us instead of losing it? Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake, you shall save it. If you try to save your life, you'll lose it. Too much of the time, we as people and Christians, when I say we as people, I mean Christians, we try our best to keep our lives in control and save everything we can to keep the control of our life the way we want it because we think we know better how to run our life than how God does. And church, I'm here to tell you, you don't. Move the mouse that will go to screen saver here just in a minute. Um, and, and you think, that sometimes that you, as uh, uh, long as you have a say in what's going on, that life will be better. I got news for you. It's not that way. You and I foul things up, and God has to fix it up. Uh, the cross gives us life. It gives us hope. It gave me salvation. There's nothing better on earth that I've ever found than salvation. Now, stay with me. I'm going to jump around, but it's it's going to come together. Now what you see here on this screen is a pack of what a Roman soldier carried around all of his equipment. There's more to it than what you see, but that is one picture of it. And I'm going to show you a few more pictures here just in a minute. But when the soldiers uh, was going from battle to battle, they had to travel by foot. Sometimes they would walk uh, 20 miles a day and some of them would carry somewhere anywhere between 20 to 40 pounds, but a lot of 90 pounds of, of equipment on this, on this particular item right here they had to carry with them. That was a burden. That was tough. You know what? If you're going to serve God, you're going to have to be tough. <laughs> I thank God that sometimes... Some of my days aren't battles. Some days are just joy. They're full of life, full of hope. Every day is not a battle. So the Roman soldiers had to have something to carry all this equipment around with them when they weren't in battle. The Bible tells us to wear the whole armor of God, to put on the armor of God, but until you are a Christian, the armor doesn't exist for you. You are saved. If you are not serving God, the armor will not be as effective for you if you're not having a relationship with God, fellowship with God, enjoying your Christian life. More than likely, the armor of God is not going to be working for you because you're not going to have the faith in God that you need to trust in what He has is better for you than what you have. Amen. So, thank God every day is on a battle for us or them. Now we're told, and I preach this, where the armor of God, Ephesians, I ain't got time to go through it. It tells us each piece, 
Each piece was taken from the example of the Roman soldiers that they had. That's where the illustration comes from. And the, the, the armor of God is there for battle. It's there for protection. But there's some things it doesn't do for me because it wasn't equipped to. It doesn't save me. It doesn't sustain me. It doesn't feed me. It doesn't clothe me. It doesn't bring me, it brings me peace. It brings me assurance. But there's something the armor of God just cannot do for me. It wasn't designed to. Jesus uh, there is all around us. The armor of God is designed simply for the frontal attack because we're always supposed to be marching forward. But what about an attack from the back? Jesus is back there. You don't have to worry about that. But you and I need to daily pick up our cross and follow him because that is where our life-sustaining power is at, is in the cross of Calvary. They had everything they needed with them and on them. They had to have it. They, as I said, they had a hard life sometimes. They were expected to carry their own load and equipment. That'll preach, won't it? God expects you to carry your own load. Do your part. But the basis for survival and all the things they had to have for everyday life, they had to have all them. Now they carried this on what's called a furca, F-U-R-C-A. That is the Roman word for cross. Everything they needed, they carried on that furka. And if you look, you'll see a pole going up here, and it comes out the top, and you'll see a cross piece going here. Go to the next one. You can see, <laughs> glory to God. You can see the pole going up, and there's the cross. And they would attach all these things on them that they needed to go for the next one, that they needed for everyday survival. They had, here's the furka. They had a net bag for food. They had a cooking pot or pans or things to cook with. There's a saucepan. They're a cloak bag. They'd often have a bag like this. They would carry numerous things in their bedroll or cloak. And this sack, they would lay stuff out strategically and roll that up in there and attach all of that to that furka, the Roman word for cross. Now I would have a hard time with this because when we go somewhere, Amber and I travel heavy. I pack everything in case I want it or need it. I don't want to be without. So my furka would probably be extremely heavy. When I went on that elk hunt in 2016, the first day we went out, I had that backpack stuffed full of stuff. Well, I might need this, I might need that. Friend, let me tell you, when I got back to the camp, I decided there was a lot of things I didn't need. That thing was heavy by the time after about that first five or six mile hike. But sustaining things in life, they had to have with them. And thank God the cross carried everything that it needed to sustain you and I. And that was our Savior. Life and a spiritual life, it has everything I need. And let me read another verse to you and I'm going to preach here just in a minute. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says that thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. For some of you that were seniors a few years ago, that verse should still ring in your brains because that sat there and pounded in your head for about 30 minutes. I don't know if you remember it or not. Anyway, here's the next part of that verse. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. 
The Bible here, Jesus is saying that more abundantly. We as Americans, we always think about material possessions, money, new house, new car, new boat, new Jeep, new this, new that, perfect health. If that is how God blesses us, then Hollywood actors and actresses are blessed more than you and I. That's not what he's talking about. You can't tell me some heathen Satanist God has blessed them more than his own people. That's not blessings. That's not what he meant by abundant life. But we have Americanized the Bible so much and tried to Americanize Jesus, we miss what this verse completely means. When's the last time you've thought about how wonderful it is to lay down at night and have the peace of God in your heart and in your mind and in your life and you have a soft pillow because of Jesus and what he did for you and I and honoring him, the peace of God that fills your heart that passes all understanding when troubles come. I may not always get out of the trouble, but I got somebody walking through the trouble with me. And let me tell you, Come what may, I know what my future holds. I know where I'm going when I leave here. And I know who holds me. I know what tomorrow's going to bring. But I know who holds tomorrow. And he's holding me. Thank God, that's abundant. That's abundant life. I have everything I need in Jesus. Hey, I, don't, I hope the country survives. I hope we do good. I don't want us to go uh, come under attack or go to war. But thank God if the stock market crashes tomorrow, I know I'm going to be taken care of. Huh. Let me ask you a couple questions and we'll get through our points here. Oh my, it's already 12. Um, let me ask you, are you carrying your cross do you pick it up as a Christian? Let me say something. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, friends, you have no idea what you're missing out on. I don't care what happened five minutes ago, five years ago. Right now, this very second, are you 100% sure that if you died, you'll go to heaven? If you're anything but yes, friend, you're in danger of hell's fire. You know, the call to carry a cross is not to say no to some behavior or thing but to yourself, to your will, your desire, your wants. The Bible says that God will uh, give you desires of your heart. What that means is if you trust yourself to him, he'll give you desires in your heart that'll please you, that'll satisfy you, that'll comfort you, that'll give you more than anything you can get on earth. This is not in a negative way. So much more than that, but we always take it that way. We programmed ourselves to that. It's a turning to God and saying, you want to serve him and receive what the blessings he has for you, the abundant life, that knowing that when you pray, God hears. Not what the world promises you with. Man, that's all hollering, make-believe. That won't last. We know it's a false image. Let me say this. We need to stay near the cross and we are not in battle because it's very easy to stray when you're not in battle. You need to have your cross with you. All right, listen fast. Give me, give me the next one. Now here's one more picture. This was a, uh, that's a spear. I think that's common sense. They would oftentimes carry their shield on the side like this. They would sometimes wear their helmet or hang it off the side. Sometimes they'd wear their mail. It depended on what was more comfortable, uh, how it was more comfortable to carry their things and everything they needed. Give me the next one. You can see, that's a pretty good sized lad. And, and again, he had everything he needed right there with him. Now let me preach to you just for a few minutes. Number one, 
The cross saves me. The cross saved them in the essence that it was able for them to carry everything they needed with them. Everything that the cross that I needed the cross carried one day onto, onto Calvary and Jesus hung on that cross for you and I. He carried everything I needed and thank God it saves me today. It saved me from eternal damnation in hell. And it gave me a home in heaven. He keeps me by his power, not by mine. I don't have to worry what come what may. Thank God I know who holds me. I know who's got me. But if I should trust him more to realize that if I take up my cross daily, that will save me from some heartache, from self-inflicted heartache. Number two, the cross shields me from God's wrath. As I said, on one side they carried their shield. On the other side was the furka. And, and here it only shields me from God's wrath, but it also shields me from this world sometimes and from Satan. Do you understand the cross of Calvary stood between you and I and the wrath of God and Jesus took the wrath of God straight through his heart from God for you and I and we should honor him by daily be willing to do what he asked us to do, pick up our cross and follow him. Daily, it has everything I need. It's, hey, it gives me all that I could ever want in life. It's my cross that God has given me to carry and your cross that God has given you to carry. It's not all that you need. He gives us power over our enemies. Do you realize that the after you're saved, sin no longer has power over you? It's because we yield to it that it regains some of that power. Soldiers also carried a palisade. I halfway pronounced that right. There were stakes they would use to put around that they would put up a small fence at night to alert them of any intruders. You know, by wearing the armor and having faith in God, I can be assured of victory. And by carrying my cross and staying close to him, sometimes I might get a little bit of insight on that intruder that's coming, that enemy that's coming my way. Whereas if I'm drifting, I won't catch him as quick. He'll easier get a sneak attack in on me. Number one, it saves me. Number two, it shields me. Number three, the cross sustains me. They carried food. They're, they're eating uh, cooking materials, supplies with them. Once we're saved by the blood of Jesus, he shed on the cross of Calvary, we become one of God's children. And I'm gonna tell you something. Don't you take care of your kids? God takes care of us better than any human on earth sustains me. Instead of trying to look at the cross and shine and give it a dark eye, we ought to embrace that thing and say, hey, this is exactly the one I need. This is what I've been looking for. I need Jesus above all. You know, once we believe on his name and are saved, his promises never leave us or forsake us. Let me move on. I said I'm gonna be fast. They carried all times a comb and flint with them. Got to remember, head and shoulders hadn't been invented. If they had soap, it was it was probably raw stuff, so to speak. And they would be bad to get lice or things like that. Their hair matted. They didn't have uh, a barber shop down the street, so they had to take and comb stuff out of their hair. You know something? The cross scrubs me and suns me. The comb was there to clean their hair. The flint was there to start a fire. Thank God if I bring my sin to Jesus and confess 
to him. He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. The cross of Calvary saved me and it warmed me up inside. He gave me life. Holy Spirit moved in my heart and gave me life. By the cross, I have life. Thank God. He cleansed me. He saved me. He gave me everything I need. He scrubbed me up and he said, let me get you exposed to the sun and you'll warm up. Thank God. Remember Caleb Lindsay saying one time, the, the, the Holy Spirit is mentioned as a breeze sometimes in the Bible. And that, that said he comes by, he said, you know what, when you're hot, there's nothing better than a soft breeze, but when you're cold, man, it'll chill you to the bone. Stay close to the cross. Number five, the cross supplies me. It supplies me with what I need. You say, how, preacher? Well, they, they were given money and a few other items they needed to be supplied with. And Jesus gave us the ultimate, I'll get it out in a second. Jesus gave us the ultimate example of how to live our life on the cross of Calvary. You see, the cross, because Jesus shed his blood, is able to cleanse me of my sins and save me, and he supplied me with eternal life. Holy Spirit moved inside of me, and he supplied me with insight and wisdom on how to read the Bible and interpret it and get something from it and understanding that I never had before. He supplied me with prayer. He supplied me with hope. He gave me everything I needed when I was born again, and I can pick up my cross daily and follow him, and it supplies me with the things that I need. You and I should be humble enough and willing to do whatever God asks us to do, knowing that when he gives us a task, he will supply the things needed. You won't see it at first, but when you step out on faith, God will supply your needs in every way possible if you'll just trust him. I don't have time to go through all these points and explain each thing the way I'd like to. Each one is a message in itself. But he, hey, do you realize that if you're following God and you're listening to Him and you're trusting Him, picking up your cross daily and following Him, you'll understand what it means that He supplies you. Because you're having fellowship with Him. You're probably praying. You're probably reading your Bible. You're probably wanting to be around other Christians. You're probably wanting to be in God's presence. You're wanting everything God has for you. And he has so much more than you and I could ever get ourselves. I'm almost done. Six, somebody's phone's vibrating. The cross satisfies me. You know, he was, Jesus was sufficient to satisfy God's judgment against me and against you. And only Jesus can satisfy you and make you a content person. There's nothing I've ever found on earth that satisfies me or pleases me or soothes me, comforts me, contents me more than the presence of God. I have been times I've read my Bible and I've prayed and I'm telling you, I felt like I was reading a stone tablet with nothing on it. There's times I've prayed, I don't know that the prayers even went above my head. I felt like they fell to the earth. Whether they were or not, I don't know, but I need to have faith that Jesus is hearing me and listening to me and understand he's there with me. He's always there with me and he has loved me. He proved his love for you and I on the cross of Calvary and it's up to me to prove my love back to him by daily carrying my cross, doing things his way and believing that his way is a better way, not the earth's way. Not my way. If I had my way, 
would probably be so full of so many, so much junk I didn't need. I'd be ruined. My life would be destroyed out of things. But thank God he gives me what I need and what really satisfies me. And that's his presence. The cross satisfies me. Lastly, and I'm done. The cross secures me. The Holy Spirit sealed me the day I got saved. And he'll keep me there till the day of judgment. We have a hope and a promise from him that nothing else can give. Let me take just a couple minutes here and I'll hurry. By following God's will, I receive the things from him that he has for me. The cross is not lost but gain. Do you understand that this will not fail because God cannot fail? One of the men, let me give you a little marriage tip here. You need to listen. One of the basic, most needful things your wife has is for you to make her feel secure. She needs to be secure because of what you provide. Not just a 3,000, 4,000 square foot house. Not a new car in the drive. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, those things are nice. That's not what I'm referring to. She needs to know that no matter what, she comes first. And that you will do whatever it takes to take care of her and protect her. Not from necessarily the big bad wolf. I never could say F words very good, so just make fun of me. I don't care. We'll laugh at each other. But what she needs to know is no matter what happens, you got it. You have, you, you got, you're not going to get frazzled. You're not going to get tore up. You're going to be okay. You might always have the answers, but she knows because you are there, everything's going to be okay. That you got her. Some of you women, this is a good time for you to say amen. If I'm wrong, then you go ahead and speak up, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty much laying it down exactly where it's at right now. And she needs to know that if the world crashes around you all, you're going to pick it back up. It's going to be okay. She needs that from you. And you know, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And there's times I've looked at my wife and I've had to tell her, I said, honey, I don't know. But I can tell you this, God's never failed us and he won't now. He'll lead us through this. He'll get us out of this. And if, if you hold her, love her, comfort her, that's all, a lot of times, that's all she needs. It's a good chance to say amen. amen. You know, in my Christian life, the world sometimes, I wake up and my mind is so full. I, don't, there, I, I feel so guilty. I feel so empty. I feel so cold. And I, I mean, it is unbearable sometimes that almost the fear that I've got. And there's nothing wrong. But it, it's that oppression that literally almost rips me to shreds. And I've got to get somewhere alone with God and I've got to say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, what you need me to do, but I need some help. And I know deep in my heart 
way down inside where sometimes it doesn't get to very often, I know that there He has secured me. He is sustaining me. He is supplying for me. He has saved me. He has given me everything I need. And I know that one day, whenever this day's over, I will be secure in Him. I may not know what's going on at the moment. I may not understand all that's happening in my life. And I may not always have the answers, but I know who does. And I know He has secured me. He is the one that keeps this world spinning. He is the one that keeps it where it's supposed to be. He is the one that sees to it that the ocean stops where it does. He is the one that makes sure the four seasons roll around like they're supposed to. He is the one who says, I will go home and build a place for you. And there I receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. He is the one who says, I am coming back for you. He is the one that says, you'll be with me in eternity. He's the one that done all this, not me. And I know I'm secure in him. I may not always get everything right, but I know he got everything right. And he always does. And that is where my security is at. It is in him. And that alone should be enough to motivate me to pick up whatever cross is mine every day and say, God, this is the lot you've given me. I may not always like it. I may not always want it. But I know this is my life and this is where I'll find my life. And in the end, at the end of the day, it's so much sweeter to have trusted in Him, done what He's asked you to do, than do your own thing and pay the price. One of the hardest things about being an addict is you feel guilty. And if you deal with that guilt, you go back to the addiction. It's the cycle. Once you complete the addiction, you start feeling guilt and shame again. You don't know how to deal with it, so you go back to the addiction. It's a never-ending thing. It just doesn't quit. There's no way. It's like a complete circle. Sin will not let you go. Once it digs its claws in you, it will not turn loose. Addictions don't give up easy. But I thank God, I serve a God today that says you may not win every battle, but you'll win the war if you'll trust me. And I'll tell you, we'll win most of the battles too. The reason I usually lose a battle is because of me. Because I didn't get my cross. I let it land in the corner. And I took off and I said, I'm okay. And I don't need God on this one. You say, well, preacher, I wouldn't say that. You and I do it every day. Don't look at me like you don't because you do it and I do it. Do you trust him every day with what he says? Do you do everything he says his way? Then, you, then you're doing the very same thing I just said. You do it your way and not his. And all these things I just mentioned, you will not experience in his presence because we don't carry our cross. If you need something from God today, now would be a good time to get it. You say, preacher, I, have, I laid my cross down. I don't, even, I don't even know where it's at. Well, how about coming to God and asking Him to help you find it? I'll guarantee you He'll point you to where it's at. He may not the first prayer. Sometimes God wants to know we're serious. He needs you to know you're serious. But He's never failed me. He's never let me down. Father, we thank you again for this time together. God, I, 
I pray this made sense, God. I hope it had some instruction in it, not just information. I pray that, God, that it, it, it goes to the hearts of every here and does what's needed. God, you know what each one needs this morning better than I do. Lord, I, I pray I didn't preach too long. I wanted to try to be short. God, I pray that you give each one the heart they need this morning for you. And God, they'll be encouraged. Help each one to find their place with you that they need. And as we stand and we sing, Holy Spirit, I pray that you bring conviction and draw people as you see fit. And Lord, there I know the kids are probably waiting. I know all these things, but God, that's eternal life's on the line. And God, that's way more important than anything else going on today. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand, we get a song. If you're here this morning and you need something from God, I invite you to come to this altar. You say, Preacher, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. Well, you know, sometimes I did too. I spent years sometimes praying over certain sins and you know what? I still do at times. But I know God has given me the victory to overcome and I know he'll continue to. If you don't come to him, I know he's not going to help you. So how how about this morning? What do you need? Is there something you need? Have you lost your cross? Do you need to come back to it? And do you need to just say, Lord, I've asked you to forgive me for looking at the cross as just loss, pain, and suffering. I never saw it as life before. How about this morning? As we sing.